Hello, this is Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and you are listening to Conversations with Smart, Amazing Women. Each week, we bring you a woman who can help you learn life's lessons through sharing stories about her own life. She can help you with relationships, business, health, and fitness, or your self-esteem. You know, I've interviewed these amazing leading women for my podcast radio since 2007. I chose 19 of the best experts to co-author my book, Leading Women, 20 Influential Women Share Their Secrets to Leadership, Business, and Life, which is available at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, and your area bookstores. Now, if you haven't bought yours yet, or you know a woman who wants to become a leader and get her life back on track, this is a book for her. This week, I'm pleased to introduce you to another amazing woman who is a leader in an unusual field. She is Leah Suzuki. She holds the rank of sixth-degree black belt in Aikido and is the national director of the Aikido Kinkura Kai International USA. As director, Leah oversees the Aikido U.S. Dojo and conducts seminars around the world. She also travels regularly to Japan to train with Takeda Shihan, the world master who she originally trained with for nine years in Japan. Besides teaching, Leah also uses Akita to address community issues such as post-traumatic stress disorder in returning military veterans, substance abuse, emotional and behavioral disorders, and many, many more. So, I'm so pleased to welcome Leah Suzuki Sinzai to Conversations with Smart, Amazing Women. Thank you, Leah, for being here. Well, good morning, Leah. Thank you so much for being with me. And where are you this morning? I'm in Santa Barbara. Wow. Okay. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm in Montecito, so we're just right next to Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I had no idea you were in Santa Barbara. Yeah. You travel back and forth from Santa Barbara to Japan. Is that what you do? Well, I travel weekly between Los Angeles and Santa Barbara. Okay. And then um, then I'm traveling other places to teach seminars, including Japan, and uh, I go to um, the East Coast quite often, Philadelphia area, uh, Germany regularly. So yeah, kind of all over the place. Wow. Well, I'm glad I'm glad I, kept, I caught you in the country. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. Let's get started because there's lots of information about what you do, and I think a lot uh-huh. of people will be very amazed at, at uh-huh. how you, how you, with your training, and of course what you, what you're doing to help the world uh, with this uh-huh. training. Yeah. One of the things yeah. I, I like to begin with, though, is asking the personal part, which is how did you become who you are today, and why are you doing yeah. these things? So, okay, I guess we'll start with the how, how, how I got here. Um, First, I was a competitive horse rider for about 10 years, and um, what I loved about it was found a trainer who approached things very differently, and rather than simply dominating your horse and, and forcing it to do this or that or be this or that, you simply start off by accepting what's going on with your horse, if it's bucking like crazy or if it's, you know, whatever, you accept where you're at with that horse and who that horse is and you move from there and uh, capitalize on the positive. Um, so actually like very great, wonderful conflict resolution. And when I really nailed it, you know, when I took all the advice she gave and, and executed properly, there was this feeling of unity by my, between myself and the horse that we were, were now one unit 
and also it was effortless. Then, um, for various reasons, I ended up not training anymore. My my trainer was no longer available. I was looking for for something first of all just to get the workout. Um, I didn't really realize this sort of spiritual side to the to the riding, and um, I was just looking for a workout because I was riding about four or five hours per day, seven days a week at the time. I watched a couple different martial arts classes. I watched Tai Chi. I watched Kung Fu, uh, Judo. And the Tai Chi was too slow for me at that time of my life. And the Kung Fu and Judo just happened to have teachers that were, uh, you know, like drill sergeants. And um, that didn't seem, uh, that was just something lacking for me. And then um, I saw a poster about Aikido. And I went and I saw started Aikido. First of all, when I looked at it, it looked really silly, really fake. And uh, I decided I would try it anyway just for a month. And now it's been 35 years. Anyway, I I got hooked, obviously. And it was for the same reasons that I loved riding. It was that when when your partner comes at you with I guess, and you're a psychologist, so I'm finding myself changing my words here a little bit because I think you'll understand a lot better than than a lot of folks. But, you know, in conflict, if it's verbal conflict, somebody throws an insult at you. If it's physical conflict, somebody throws a, a physical attack at you. Just like verbal conflict, when that physical attack comes, if you simply try to stifle it or stop it, dominate it, there's a winner and a, and a loser. And um, there's that there's that saying that when there's a winner and a loser, there's no winner. So, yeah. so anyway, um, that's what fascinated me is that when I allowed my partner to move uh, in the way they were moving, and I simply kept myself safe safe yet engaged there was a sense of unity great unity and um and effortlessness and that still holds true today so that's what hooked me in aikido then i was training in in aikido in boston and uh my teacher had lived in japan for about 10 years and he invited his teacher from yokohama that's how i met my current teacher of the last 30 years or so, uh, Takeda-sensei. So about a year after his visit to Boston, I decided that I wanted to go train with him more and decided to go to Japan for three months. I got to Japan in the middle of the uh, bubble economy, mm-hmm. and I had uh, experience teaching English as a second language. So the Berlitz Language School uh, snatched me up right away. <laughs> And um, they wanted me to sign a one-year contract. So I decided that, you know, if I really wanted to get a sense of what Takeda-sensei's Aikido was all about, I was going to need more than three months anyway. So there I was, and then the three months turned into a year, and the year turned into nine years. So. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Your, your, yeah. your, path, your path is just, uh, I mean, it sounds like you've been on path. I mean, things just have come into your mm-hmm. life just because they're supposed to. Um, I'm just yeah. going to say something about the horses because I do, I ride and show profe- uh, show also, which is amazing. But uh, you're yeah. right, there, there are those days that, you know, I, I really like the effortless because I've been only riding the last few years, showing at least the last few years. So I uh-huh. love the, I love that idea of effortlessness. And I think, yeah. you know, again, that's 
when you like I said when you unif- when you are with unity with the horse that definitely mm-hmm. it feels effortless because you're working together so uh, I actually thank you for that because I'm I'm getting ready sure. for another horse show so oh. <laughs> I was listening very carefully but then Aikido uh, uh-huh. again the unity and the effortlessness I I really mm-hmm. like that idea mm-hmm. so nine years and uh, you said mm-hmm. you've been doing this for thirty years is that what I heard you say. Let me think. I started in 82, so going on 35 years, yeah. Wow. Yeah. wow. But but it's led you into so many other things, which is... Yeah. Isn't, isn't yeah. that kind of how it works in life, though? I mean, for yeah. a lot of people, that when you find something that is effortless and mm-hmm. and it fits and it makes you feel good and it, and, and really serves a purpose, isn't that mm-hmm. what it's all about? That's, it, that's exactly what it's all about. Um, you know, when I first started, like I said, I was just looking for something to replace my workout. And if it had the bonus of, you know, some sort of deeper meaning, then great. But anyway, then I found these other deeper, deeper meanings. And uh, if I continue on that story, um, <clears throat> that takes me, well, if I jump ahead a few years, when I'm back in the United States and created my own dojo, one thing, and I was listening to something on one of your interviews <clears throat> where you asked about uh you asked your your guest about adversity yeah you know i thought of all the all the times that were uh the toughest times which brought wonderful change which at the time was so painful and scary mm-hmm. uh because change always is um but one of them you know just now when you were saying you know makes you feel good something that now makes me feel good is making other people feel good. And uh, one story that popped into my head was one of my students back in the late 90s when I first came back from Japan was a psychologist and addictions counselor. When I'm teaching, I'm saying things like, you know, get out of your, your attacker's way, but stay engaged, keep yourself safe, and this and that, don't force, and on and on. And he said, uh, he said, he kept saying, my God, Sensei, we've got to get you into the, the uh, drug rehab. We've got to do some workshops in there because you say the same stuff in your Aikido classes that I say in my therapy sessions with my clients, and we've got to do some workshops. And I was very old school, very hardcore, and I was like, nah, you know, get them on the mat. They've got to get on the mat. Yeah. And he kept saying, oh, you, you don't understand, Sensei. These people are, like, just clean from almost dying of heroin overdoses and, and, you know, et cetera. And it wasn't until we lost our space that we were using. We were looking for another space. And he said, hey, I asked at the rehab if we could use the gymnasium. And they said, yes, as long as we let some clients train with us. I said, okay, great. They're going to get on the mat. And he said, yeah, I'm going to handpick one or two, have them, you know, take them through commitment and this and that. But I, but they also asked if we would do a workshop for like 30 or 40, um, not getting them on the mat. I didn't like the idea. I, I was like, it's not going to work. You know, they have to get on the mat to get these principles at their core. But I kind of didn't have a choice. It, I was blown away. You know, if you think about uh, recovery for people and some horseback riding principles that's maybe sort of similar to what we did if you were to make analogies going along 
between the two and then have what we did was we paired people up and we had them um, sort of move each other like one person grabs the other person's wrist as strong as they can and you try okay let's go we'll try to dominate our way through this or we'll try to sort of be wimpy and victimy and now compare the two and um, now we're going to do the more Ike way of it. But anyway, um, I, I don't want to digress too much into the details, but I was blown away by the results at the end of the workshop, uh, what these people in recovery got from that day. So, what, what did yeah. what did they get? What, what, what did they get what, from this, these life lessons? They got... Um, they got a different perspective. In fact, I did it at jail one time as well. These inmates, my gosh, a few years later, one of them wrote a testimonial, and uh, she said that even the guards commented on how these women were using uh, the principles, more peaceful principles of peaceful resolution of conflict, when conflict situations arose. So, you know, in the drug rehab, even sometimes some physical conflict, people would get into fights. But I imagine that there was a lot of internal conflict that the people in rehab were dealing with. And uh, they commented on things like that, that I got a lot of peace of mind and I learned some ways to get that peace of mind again. And the people at the rehab were saying we're not getting into fights as much and the yeah. guards aren't having to break up fights as much with us. Mm-hmm. So that's been really, really rewarding for me. And then also we've got a scholarship program for low-income kids. And so these are ways that, you know, 35 years ago when I first started doing it, I would get a great workout you know, get the endorphins and and that was it and that was great and get some insights into life and and the philosophy of Aikido. But now I want to share that with people and I want to help people heal or or whatever whatever they're doing, whatever they're going through, I want to enhance it and help it. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm thinking of the analogies too, but all the books I've been reading, you know, I've read on on horse training and horses too, though, that one of the things that's so important is that uh, you're building confidence in, in that yeah. horse. And I yeah. think that's what you're talking about here is that Absolutely. you're helping people with this peaceful resolution, but then to understand yeah. it does come from them, is that yeah. building that confidence. I mean, because, you know, again, you talk about and that yep. leadership is, is basically, uh, you know, people grow. They 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 begin yeah. to understand. They have a voice, and I think that uh-huh. especially when we talk about women. And of course, my background, of course, is in women empowerment and women's leadership. Mm-hmm. Is that uh-huh. you know I've had so many women say to me, uh, you know, I'm not a leader, and I, you know and I uh. have to, you know, I stop and I go, well, wait a minute, you you do this, this, and this, you know, mm. you're, you're involved in this and this. I said those are leadership things, whether it's in your home, your community, wherever, those are leadership skills that you personally have developed over the years. But again, right. it's that confidence and that understanding. But, you know, I think, yeah. again, going back to, uh, again, horses and, and whatever, and I again, I'm going to get off this too, but as, as mm-hmm. you build that confidence within your horse, you, and mm-hmm. you, you know, and you have that confidence, that's when it becomes effortless, is that yeah. when you both, you both understand that you're working together. 
uh, you know, right. I've got another mantra that I've been using, and, and we'll get back to this, of course. But I go, you know, it's uh, no drama, and it's not my problem. Mm-hmm. And I, this is <laughs> this is what you're talking about, is that when we begin yeah. to own, you know, take responsibility for ourselves, but we own who we are and what, what we have as far as what we can offer, then the world is a much, much different place. Recovery, you know, it's like, again, I have control in my life. I have, you know, I right. have in my life and right but you know you also you know you're doing so many things as far as your organization you're uh, you know i don't call them not-for-profit i call them social profit organizations by the way yeah that's perfect yeah yeah yeah, i know because not non-profit sounds like you can't really make it in the world so social profit exactly yeah or social benefit yeah, mm-hmm. all of our 501c3s went out the door today. We would all be in major, major trouble, you know. So That's right. These social profit organizations, what they offer to the world. So your social profit organization, uh, mm-hmm. what are you calling that? What is your social profit? Well, it's it's called Aikido Kenkyukai International USA. Okay. okay. And okay. we have our parent organization, uh, is simply Aikido Kankikai International that's headquartered in Yokohama. Uh, my sensei, my sensei is the founder of that. Then when I moved it's back sensei. to the United States, go ahead. Sensei is yes. teacher. Okay. Yes, exactly. So when I moved back to the United States, I didn't want to switch to a different style of Aikido. I wanted to continue studying Takeda Sensei's style. And so I I created Aikido Kankikai International USA. And interestingly, I decided at the beginning, I, I was just wanting to replicate what I experienced in Japan, partly for myself, partly for others. Like, I'll give these Americans this fantastic, traditional, um, real experience that, that I had in Japan. And part of that is, you know, a real grassroots community rather than like, you know, 24-hour fitness gym where you, you walk in, you put your headphones on, you're, you're isolated among other people <laughs> on yeah. a treadmill, you know, with a machine. Instead, I wanted to give people that, that experience of being in a, a real community uh, where everybody supports each other. So I was determined at first that it would not be a business and it would not be a legal company, legal entity. So I was doing other jobs. For a while, I was teaching English as a second language in Santa Barbara and then running to the dojo every afternoon and evening. And then for a while, I did body work. It was simply exhausting. Then along came the Great Recession. And the reason that I didn't want to make it a company, you know, like I said, I, I, I just wanted to do everything the way I had seen it done in Japan because it so impressed me. Plus, I thought that if I make it into my business, I'll lose the passion for it, which has not been the case. It's been just the opposite. Again, along came some really uncomfortable stuff, which was the Great Recession of what, 07, are we saying? Yeah, um, 2008, yeah. 2008, okay. So, um, you know, by that time, that was kind of like 06, 07 was sort of the golden age of my dojo at that time. I had this booming dojo down a little alleyway off of State Street in Santa Barbara. And I had raised up a few black belts. 
had a bunch of kids coming in and for kids class plus the adults class was really thriving and then along came the recession and uh, people lost their jobs had to leave town to get a new job Uh, other people simply had to quit for financial reasons and so I was at a loss. Oh, and on top of it, of course, the landlord decided that, well, why don't we increase the rent by five and a half times of that little Aikido dojo? Yeah, five and a half times. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, it it was one of the biggest challenges I've had in my life. That's when we really find out this is really what we want to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then something, as you, you said earlier in the interview, something about, you know, things, I forget your words, but things falling into place, things off being offered to you, you know, yeah, things said, appearing before you. Yeah, I said being on the path. You've been on the path. <laughs> things show up on the path when the time is right. Yeah. So I had uh, one or two people show up on the path who had nonprofit experience and advised me, you know, well, why haven't you done nonprofit? You could be getting donations. So we started our scholarship program in the midst of, you know, as one of our former board members says, when the economy was in a tailspin, we started a scholarship program and started asking for donations. And we got donations because at that time there were suddenly all these families who had to pull their kid out of out of things that were too expensive. We came along and said, well, you know, show us some documentation to back up what you're saying and then tell us how much you can pay per month. And we had one family, for example, four kids. The parents were bringing in about $1,600 per month and raising four boys on it. Wonderful family. And so our board... Uh, approved them for a full scholarship. Uh, They wanted three of their boys to do it. We approved them for a full scholarship. Great, start training. You don't have to pay anything. And they said, oh, no, 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 sensei, we could never do that. Uh, We've taken in a boarder for our couch. He's going to pay us $100 a month to sleep on our couch. And that's for the dojo. That's so that we can pay you $100 a month. And my God, so many stories like that from that time period, families who, you know, I was just so impressed. And I spent a good chunk of my day on the phone telling people about these different families. That's how we got through the recession. Yeah, all scholarships and mostly scholarships and uh, donations. It was very impressive. I've, I've found when you, when you give any kind of assistance in life, it always comes back to you threefold. It sounds like that's What's yeah. happened to you and continues to happen to you? Well, I, right. I know you you do a lot with everything that you're doing, but again, working with you work with the military as well with post traumatic stress, okay. and, and you work yeah. with, uh, with substance abuse, and then you're working mm-hmm. with youth. Uh, I see that you have a youth scholarship program, but you have the Aikido for veterans, and then you have the complex uh, Aikido conflict transformation for drug rehab right. and for the, for the prison population. So. I mean, I, I, we could probably go on and on, and unfortunately we've only got 30 minutes today, which is probably not even close to what we need to really understand this whole principle of Aikido right. and how 
it, it fits so well into peaceful resolution, which again, this is what we need. I tell you what, we, if we could just use it in our political, our political yeah. arena, I won't <laughs> even go there. But if we could yeah. just use that alone. And the right. key to principles, I'd say the world would be, at least the United States would be a much better place. Um, I, would, I would love to continue our conversations uh, after this this uh, after this conversation with you this morning. But uh, mm-hmm. again, you, you know, you said uh, at the end of, of what I'm reading here also, it says, how can people get involved and learn more about what you're doing and how you're helping the world with the keto? But uh, there's two mm-hmm. things that you mentioned, but... If you would, mm-hmm. go ahead and let let everyone know what it is you need and how they can be helpful to you. Because, again, uh, I can't think of anything better in the world than to have peaceful conflict res- resolution and for us to build confidence in others. Absolutely. Because, again, we know when people have leadership skills and they are confident, uh, there is no mm-hmm. conflict, you know. Exactly. There, there exactly. is no conflict. You know, it's like it's, there is no problem, you know. It's only That's right. You know, I have, a, I have another saying, I agree agree to disagree. You know, we all yes. are different and unique, so what the heck. But so, Leah, how can they learn more about you and how the, how people can help you and continue to help you to do this good work in this world? Sure, sure. Well, first of all, they could join one of my dojos. I'm in Santa, I have a dojo in Santa Barbara, one in Los Angeles, one in Philadelphia. Uh, we have a website <clears throat> for for those uh, dojos, it's aki-usa.org, aki-usa.org. You know, the more people we have actually practicing these principles, the better the world, the better place the world becomes, is my opinion. And then the other way, if that's not possible or if they want to do both, actually, we do have a fundraiser page uh, this helps with our scholarship program, um, buying new mats for the dojo, uh, any, anything that um, keeps our programs going. Um, and that is gofundme.com slash Aikido. And Aikido is A-I-K-I-D-O. Um, and uh, right now we've got uh, a few different kids who are on scholarship and uh, one of them is not only doing our classes but he's also in our teens leadership team uh, teens leadership team program and excelling doing excellently so yeah joining the dojo or donating and uh, aki-usa.org to join or gofundme.com slash aikido to donate. Those are great ways to get involved. My whole principle, of course, is people learn to be accountable for themselves and responsible for themselves. And if we all did that alone, the world Mm. would be a much, much different place instead of pointing fingers and throwing blame here and there. But uh, again, if we just wake up in the morning and go, I am totally responsible for, for me today. But I also, that responsibility goes goes further that we're also responsible responsible for those who cannot care for themselves. So it's not a hand out, it's a hand up, and that's what you're doing. Exactly. Lift as you go, as they say. Keep lifting as you go. Exactly, so, exactly. Well, yeah. Leah, all I can say, of course, is congratulations on what you've accomplished and what you're doing Thank to make you. the world a better place. And, uh, and you. all your future uh, future endeavors, may you be successful also. Thank you. 
I, I'm getting ready to go out of town again. I'm, I'm actually going. Mm. Uh, I'm actually going to be out of town for a little bit, and then I go to a horse show in Canada. But I would love to talk with you mm. in the future about your dojo and some of these I'd principles. How, how I could even incorporate them into what I'm doing, but also actually in my in my own training as far as riding. So <laughs> sure, I'd love sounds, to. Yeah, I'd love like to talk more. Sounds like there's a lot of synchronicity there. So. Thank you for your time, your energy, and, and of course your passion. I think if we sure. all, all did what we're passionate about, again, the world would be a much different place. So you Absolutely. have a wonderful day, and uh, people can go to your website, join a dojo, and then, of course, GoFundMe, mm-hmm. and also help people uh, uh, with scholarships, These, especially the youth with scholarships. Because the next Fantastic. generation is what we we can also hope to help change the world for a better place too. That's it. That's it. All right. Exactly. Well, neighbor. All right. I guess we're neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, thank so, you so much for your time, Dr. Nancy, and uh, thank thank you for this opportunity to reach more people, let more people know about this.